0: What's up everybody, welcome back to Remember the Game, it is my Retro Gaming Podcast, where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank, thank you so much for listening to the show, and this week it is episode 259, and I figured Turtle Mania is going to be running wild with Mutant Mayhem hitting theaters this week, I'm seeing it tonight, Tuesday night, the night I'm recording this cannot be. Fucking Wait. So what better time to dive back into the sewers and talk some TMNT? We've covered the original NES game that everyone played back in the day that nobody could beat. By the way, I can beat that. There's a full walkthrough from me at youtube.com slash remember the game if you're interested. It's like my most viewed video. I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, We've covered the arcade game. We've covered Turtles in Time. We've covered Hyperstone Heist. We've done some Game Boy games. And this week, we're showing some love to what I consider to be maybe the hidden gem. Of the TMNT game library, and that is Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for the NES. I used to rent this game all the time when I was a kid. I have liked it better than Turtles 2, the arcade game. I still do, and I'll get into why on the episode this week. Uh, I fired it up again when I got my hands on the Cowabunga Collection last year, and holy fuck me does this game hold up. I am... I've always been of the unpopular opinion that the original Ninja Turtles game on the NES, the one with the electric seaweed and everything, uh, was the best of the trilogy because I just like that it thinks outside of the box and it's not just a button mashing beat em up you know? But I, I'd listen to an argument uh, for Manhattan Project to be the best of the NES trilogy for sure. And I and listen, I love the arcade game. I'm not trying to throw shade. I love the arcade game just like everybody else. But the Manhattan Project is just so much better than Turtles 2 on the NES. I'm sorry, like... I have more nostalgia for Turtles 2, but the, but Turtles 3 is just so much better. Great variety of enemy for the bosses. Fun level designs. Great graphics for an NES game. You could... Freaking switch Turtles when you die. Which is something not enough Turtles games do. They all have their own special move. It's tough as fuck, but it's... You know, the combat's got more depth than its predecessor. I I almost feel like in some ways it's got a little Streets of Rage to it. Even though Streets of Rage was around before this game, I think. Uh, I cannot beat it. I've come very... Very close. I I could beat it, I think, if I tried a little harder. I I adore Manhattan Project. Great beat-em-up. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm excited to review it this week. I am rolling solo. Admittedly, not because none of my friends have played this game, but because it was a last-minute fill-in for Turok Dinosaur Hunter, which I wanted to do this week, but didn't finish in time for this episode. So that's almost certainly going to be going live next week. Uh, But if you like the sound of my voice, you're going to fucking love this episode. And if you hate the sound of my voice... Well, you may hate this, but we're gonna get there in just a minute. Because speaking of hating the sound of my voice, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. <laughs> that was a sloppy segue into the uh, into the intro. I'm not gonna lie; that I've done better than that. That was not my best work. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. To consider this Year warning: our intros are kind of long, but they're fun and they're easier to listen to than Manhattan Project is to beat. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think get it is cheaper than Bebop for sure. That. Actually, no. Bebop's not the one that gives me problems. It's fucking leatherhead. We'll get into, we'll get into all that. Uh, seriously, if you want to skip the intro, if you're just here for Manhattan Project Talk, go about 30 minutes into the show and you'll be there. I recommend hanging around. We have fun. We talk video games and stuff. It's good times. Give the intro a chance. Uh, quickly, though, I got to do my plugs. This is how we keep the bills on around here. And listen, before you skip the plugs, we're running a summer sale on our merchandise until the end of August. Save 20%. On your order with code RTG5 at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. It's a great way to support the show. And we have some new designs. Two new designs designed by my man Joe from 4545Creative.com. We've got a Saturnian World Order, an SWO shirt. Now for all of you fucking weird Sega Saturnians. And we've got this awesome fifth anniversary uh, design for the show. It's um, the cover of... I can't remember. Fuck, I think it's Mega Man 4. Which one was Napalm Man in? Was that... Listen, I love Mega Man, but I've, I've played them all a billion times and there's like 400 fucking Mega Man games. Ah, which one was he? Now it's driving me crazy. Damn it. I'm supposed to be doing the plug and now I'm looking up at my fucking, anyways. Uh, it's, it's, it's got me and Molly on the cover as Mega Man and Rush with a certain Nintendo game with a certain missing protagonist. Uh, as the boss behind us. I love it. People have been loving it. It's fucking awesome. You can see it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com and remember code RTG5 to save 20% on your merch until the end of August. And of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always support us on Patreon. Keep in mind, our Patreon has moved up to $3 a month from $2, but we're offering so, so much stuff over there for the $3, I promise you. First of all, we're offering up to four additional podcasts a week. Two for $3 or else four if you go to the $5 a month tier. Four four shows a week. You literally get a new podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for $5 a month. That's the sickest fucking deal in the history of the universe. What are all those podcasts? Well, beginning August 7th, we're taking Purple Monkey Dishwasher Weekly. Mark McHugh and I's new Simpsons podcast goes live every Monday over on Patreon. Every Tuesday, I drop the Rambling Idiot, which is my idiot rambling podcast where I talk my comedy career, TV, movies, sports, aliens, whatever's on my mind. Every Friday, it's Game Patch, my modern gaming news show where I look at the biggest news in modern games, game releases, sales picks, etc., an expansion pass drops every thursday and that's a different gaming show each week we do king uh, rankings character lookbacks console lookbacks hypothetical conversations there's some comedy episodes there's a ton of modern game reviews this past week it was expansion pass 171 our patrons got to pick the topic and the 10 worst games i've played since launching remember the game ran away with the poll this was a fun little trip down a horrible lane of memories and as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass the worst games I've played for Remember the Game. Uh, At number 11, and this one hurt me a little bit, my last honorable mention is Earthbound Beginnings. This one's things Mac Daddy read uh, wrote in and said for games I've actually played it has to be Earthbound Beginnings. It's basically an extremely rough draft of Earthbound that I had to rage quit. If my overleveled party dies on the way to the most difficult area of the game, your game has balance issues. Earthbound will forever be my favorite. Mother 3 is a masterpiece, but Beginnings get the fuck out of here. Uh yeah, like I, I like old school NES RPGs. I like Final Fantasy 1, I. I like Dragon Warrior. Um, I just found Earthbound Beginnings a little too comp or not 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 complicated too many random counters too much grinding too much travel to get to where you could buy good items uh it just yeah it felt very unbalanced and uh i wanted to love it because i love earthbound and mother three but i did not enjoy earthbound beginning so number 11 my last honorable mention that said there's a gap like those five are are substantially better than the 10 games That made my bottom 10. And it's time to get started, all right? So let's kick this thing off. Number 10. That's now available in our archives and this week it's expansion pass 172 and our Patreon poll for July just wrapped up. Every month our Patreons get to pick a game for me to play and cover here on the show. So I thought I'd look back at the past couple years of Patreon polls and let you know some of the games I was secretly cheering for that didn't come out on top. I always try to shut up and not spoil which game I'm cheering for so as to not sway the vote and uh, there's been a few months where I found myself kind of crushed that a certain game wasn't able to pull it out. So that's what we're going to do. Look back on some Patreon polls and I'll let you know which game I was cheering for which obviously is kind of implying which game is going to get an episode of the show at some point anyways. Uh, So again, subscriptions start at $3 a month to get new podcasts every week. Instant access to hundreds of archived bonus podcasts. These are all available ad free. You also get access to our thousand plus member Remember the Game Discord. The chance to vote in our Patreon polls every month. The ability to submit comments to be read on our shows. You can DM with me and you even get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do the most to these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Andrew Martinez, Chef Left. I main all axes. Easton1110. Goober. I call Molly Goober all the time. Buck Do, Needs more cowbell gene. Rowdy Roddy Ryan. I love that. Dayton Popham. I'm Mike84. John Vincent. Niche. Merryman. Chris. Saberwolf20. B. Apex Rage. And Daniel Dolfo. Thank you all so much for the support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. And finally, don't forget 5% of our Patreon income it's donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital every year as part of my 24-hour stream, and we offer annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month's freeze. Ching, ching. And finally, you can find me over on Twitch whenever I'm on there. It's pretty random. Twitch.tv slash game. I'm actually in the process of playing through Turok Dinosaur Hunter over there right now, so throw me a follow. It's free. It'll tell you what I'm online. Come by and look at my face. It's good times. Uh, that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons. Yeah. Usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow, and our first blower this week is IP Freely. Who wrote in and said, Adam, how are you? I'm doing great, IP. How are you? My question is, of all the retro games you've played on Remember the Game, which one would you most likely... Or would you most like to have a next-gen remastered version? Dude, that is a fucking... We could do a whole episode on that. Which which games from Remember the Game do I want to see get a new remastered version? There's so, so fucking many. Um, so the two... When I wrote this down, I was like, I'm not going to wing it. I'm going to think about this. And there were two that jumped off the page at me that I'd really... Three. Well, two. I'll go two. Number one, Dino Crisis. I fucking love that game. Why can't that game get the Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 4 remake treatment? That would be so, so sick because I love Dino Crisis. So number one, Dino Crisis. Number two, and this one's going to shock some people, I think. Majora's Mask. I... I... It's so infamous now and in Remember the Game lore. I refused to review Majora's Mask because I dislike that game so much. But I genuinely love the concept of Majora's Mask. I love the outline. I just think the menus are annoying and I don't like the controls of the 64 Zelda games. And I've we've done this dance a billion times. But if they were to remake The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, clean up that menu and give me some controls I don't despise, I think I'd love it. So that's the second dino crisis is probably number one but majora's mask is number two i would love a majora's mask remaster that'd be sick and don't come at me with the 3ds version i've tried it i still hate it i want it i want it done from the bottom from the ground up burn it down you have three days burn it down start over fucking majora's mask uh gerard lavery Wrote in and said, Mr. Blank, hope you're doing well. I recently finished reading Masters of Doom and really enjoyed it. What did you think of it? And will we see a Commander Keen episode anytime soon? I fucking love Masters of Doom. I actually got a copy of that book was sent to me by a member of this lovely little community of ours. And I'm so sorry. I get a lot of like nice gifts. and I, I, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head and I can't remember who sent it. I'm sorry. But I love you. I know I messaged you when you sent it to me and I sent you a thank. I know I did but i don't remember your name right now but if you never uh if you haven't read it it's a phenomenal book it's about the like the, fan, the the founding of of id and and the creation of doom and it's a really i was captivated by it i adored that book uh so yes i love that book i suggest you all read it as far as a commander keen episode believe it or not while i'm anti pc games i actually did play a little bit of commander keen back when i was a kid so i would not i'd have to replay it i don't remember a lot about it but i If you're hoping for an episode about a PC game, I would say Commander Keen is about as likely as the chances get. I would like to do a Commander Keen episode someday. So, I don't know when, but someday, yes uh rich mays said hey adam love all the content thank you rich question would you ever do an expansion pass or remember the game just covering the xbox live arcade of the 360 where did it go i think it'd be a hit nowadays you know i actually loved xbox live arcade i didn't download a ton off of it uh but there's a few explosion man is when i think of xbox live arcade that's the number one game i think of is explosion man i don't know if any of you listening to this played it Fuck, I love that game. It was an awesome platformer. I adored that game. I feel like Xbox Live Arcade was like indies before indies were normal and cool. Uh, It was a little ahead of its time. That's a great idea. You know, yeah, I would consider doing expansion pass. Looking back at Xbox Live Arcade someday, Rich Maze. I just might fucking consider that. Good suggestion. Uh, El Wapo Riv said, Hey Adam, I have a question that popped into my head the other day. while well, listening to one of your shows, if someone told you they'd pay you $1 million us, but you have to choose between two options to play for an entire year with no other games besides these ones available to you and no internet for first of all, like if you were to offer me 1 million us dollars as a Canadian, that's like 1.3 or so Canadian million dollars. Uh, I'll play just, I'll play fucking, I will play any video game for 1 million U.S. dollars. And I want that to like, put that on the internet. I don't give a fuck what the game is. I'll play Echo the, I will play Echo the Dolphin so much that I know that I can picture that game in my fucking sleep. I will play anything. For $1 million. Just putting it out into the universe. Back to El Wapo Riv's question. Option A, you play the Sega Saturn with the top 40 Saturn games, if there is such a thing. Or option B, you play Ghostbusters for the NES, Skate or Die, Echo the Dolphin, Shaq Fu, and Mario is Missing. Which option would you choose? I never apologize, Adam. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. Nice pull. Uh, oh, I choose the Saturn, by the way, 100 times out of 100. Like, first of all, if someone wants to pay me a million dollars, I'll get a fucking Sega Saturn tattoo. And second of all, I've played Ghostbusters, Skater, Die, Echo the Dolphin, Shaq, Fu, and Mario's Missing. And I know that three of them totally suck. Echo the Dolphin kind of sucks. And Ghostbusters, I love it, but it sucks. I guarantee, I guarantee you there are at least two Sega Saturn games better than all five of those. So yeah, without question, I would play the Saturn if I had to choose between those for a million U.S. dollars. Uh, Woo! Guy8286 said, hey Mr. Blank, a week or two ago when Wave 5 of the Mario Kart tracks came out, you said you're not a fan of the Tour tracks, but you enjoy the brand new tracks. As a fan of Mario Kart Tour, I love the Switch versions. So I'm just curious, what don't you like about them? And if you don't play Mario Kart Tour, wouldn't these just be brand new tracks for you? Uh, Yeah, they are brand new tracks for me because I don't play Mario Kart Tour. And I want to say, I actually like most of the ones from Wave 5. But by and large, I would, I would infinitely prefer either new tracks like the the bathroom one and this new one or more remakes of like Double Dash, Super Nintendo, GBA, those ones. I think my problem with the Mario Kart Tour tracks are A, they just feel too claustrophobic. Like they just, they feel like you can tell that these were on rails racers like from the phone version. They're very tight and I don't like the, the way, if you've not played it, it's hard to explain. They're all like through cities and, or at least most of them are. And I find there's too many instances where like I'll be coming up to like a fork in the road and I'm supposed to go to the left, but I don't get to, I don't see that I'm supposed to go to the left until it's too late. And then the next lap it switches and I have to go to the right and they all feel kind of the same. They don't feel unique. Like a lot of the other cart tracks do so like listen beggars can't be choosers i want more mario kart and if the only way i'm going to get it is to play mario kart tour tracks then i'll fucking tour it up but generally i do prefer the mario kart 8 remakes of like the classic tracks from the the classic mario karts over the the console ports of the tour tracks so i hope that answers your question mexican mozzarella Said, what's up, Adam? Got a question. How do you save your games? Do you overwrite data on one file or do you save the same game on multiple files? I'm currently playing Final Fantasy X on the PS4 and I overwrite data on the one file. Hope all is well and cheers. Mexican Mozzarella, I hope you're fucking hearing this. If you're hearing this before you're done your playthrough of Final Fantasy X, I am begging. Listen, listen. That's my hands going together. So I am begging you. Save on multiple files. And this goes to every single one of you listening to this right now. If you're playing an RPG, unless you've only got one file, or you've got to share the game with your brother or your sister or somebody, and there's only three files, so you each have to have your own or something. like, If you have the option to create multiple save files, for the love of Christ, create multiple save files. What I actually do now is I rotate three save files. And every time I save, I go to the oldest one and write over it. Or sometimes I'll leave one like at the end of a disc or something, I'll leave it there and then I'll rotate between the other. Because sometimes what happens is you paint yourself into a... That's why I never finished Final Fantasy X back in the PS2 days. I didn't finish it till a couple of years ago because I I fucked up my character builds on that damn sphere grid and only had one save file and I had no way to go back and fix it. So, and dude, Final Fantasy Tactics, for any of you that have played Final Fantasy Tactics, you can get completely fucked if you don't keep multiple saves. That was the one that really forced me to start keeping multiple saves. So I'm begging you, if you're listening to this and you have the option in any game, if you have the option to keep multiple save files, go go back and forth. Keep multiples. Because you never know when you just went past the point of no return and you just hard fucked yourself by saving at the wrong time. Keep multiples. You're welcome. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Professor Monkey for a head said, with the push in subscriptions and less on physical games, do you think one day there will be a console that solely runs on streaming? Would that mean that once the console dies and said company goes bankrupt, would the console now be a useless brick? Uh, Google Stadia on line one. Professor Monkey for a head. Uh, no, the Google Stadia was that. It was just game streaming, and it did die a horrible death. That said, and I've said this numerous times, I think the Google Stadia was ahead of its time, and I think someday we'll look back on that. To answer your question, will there ever be a day where you don't even buy games, they'll, or like you don't download games, they'll solely run on streaming? I don't know if I would go that far. I think, I think the option will be there. For sure. I think that will be an option by the end of this generation. I think we're kind of halfway there already, but to just get there permanently, like, I don't, I don't think movies and music and TV shows are totally there where they, you can only, you have the option to only stream them. That's what I usually do, but you have the option to still buy them and download them and stuff. And with video games being so much bigger than movies, music, or TV shows, and you know, obviously needing to be responsive for you to play them, especially as games get more futuristic and more complicated, I don't think the world's internet is there yet for there to be just a streaming service for games and having no alternative. Um, I guess if you're asking me to make a hard decision right now, I'll, I'll say... N- I'll say that a platform will exist where all you can do is stream. I think Xbox is going to end up reveal, you know, releasing some kind of like a Roku-style stick that you can plug into your TV and stream Game Pass to it and stuff. But I, I genuinely don't think that will be the only option anytime soon. I think if that ever becomes the only option, we're talking in like the 2040s, and maybe the internet is so fast that it's like in all our brains and you're just streaming the games into your skull or something. But I, I just think um, I was anti streaming until a couple years ago, and I've done a one eighty on it. But I have really good internet. My cables are all or my consoles are all wired in, so like my it's about as fast as I can get. And I've played some games via streaming and had no problems. I streamed most of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I, I played it via streaming and it ran great. But I don't think the the world's internet is there, and I don't think it'll be there for a long time. So the Google Stadia tried, failed. I think I think 15 years from now, we'll look back at the Google Stadia being ahead of its time. I guess that's my answer. Um, but I, I think you'll always be able to buy games. Well, I think you'll be able to buy games until... Most of the people listening to this aren't playing games anymore. Uh, so there you go. All right. We need to move on. Thank you for all the submissions, everybody, as always. I'll answer a few more questions on the Rambling Idiot next week in our Left blower segment. But let's move on and get to our smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play 1, Remake 1, e race 1. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. You know them. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And this week, since we're talking Ninja Turtles, I threw three generations of Ninja Turtles games into the hot seats. And this is a little bit difficult to explain via audio, so listen up. Our three nominees are the original Ninja Turtles. Turtles for the NES, the one with the electric seaweed and stuff, the original game on the PS2, and I think the GameCube and Xbox, based on the 2003 Ninja Turtles series, and TMNT 2007, which I played on the Wii, but that was based on the 2007 movie. So basically, you've got Ninja Turtles for the NES, Ninja Turtles 2003, Ninja Turtles 2007, and I figured maybe this would be close, because people would pick their favorite generations of Ninja Turtles. 55% 55% said, play the 2003 Ninja Turtles, remake the NES Ninja Turtles, and erase the 2007 Ninja Turtles. Uh, so let's see what a few of you had to say here that I'll tell you what the right answer was. French Froggy said, play 2003 because I never have in the, bro- the box art is freaking nice. Remake the NES one. I liked it as a kid, but let's be real. It could really benefit from a remake. And erase 2007. No particular reason aside from preferring the box art of three and no way in hell am I erasing the OG and risking the franchise's... Ex- Uh, existence see and i love that logic because people always ask me what's the rule on play when we make one erase what if you erase a game do you erase all the future games there is no hard rule you take your chances whatever you erase we don't know what the long-term ramifications are but i respect your logic french froggy of worrying about what damage it could do to erase the original nes turtles game so well done Uh, and the box art for oh three is tight i agree Andre said, I'm going to play the 03 game that Turtles might be the best show ever. So their game gets my vote. Remake the 07 Turtles movie game. The movie was really good. So I'd take this movie idea and make a game a la Gotham Knights where you play as all four Turtles and have the option to play co-op too. And then erase the NES Turtles game. I can live without it if I get my play and my remake. Ah, and I understand why so many people hate that game. See, I thought about remake. I'm not remaking the 07, but I thought about it as well. Cause I do agree. I like that movie enough. And I do think it would translate well into an open world game. But I'll explain why in a minute. I I thought about going. I didn't, but I thought about going there. Uh, Max Renault said, "I'd played Ninja Turtles 2007 just because I never have. I'd give it a chance before erasing it. I love that. I'd remake the classic NES Ninja Turtles because I have great faith in remakes and I think it could bring a classic back just as good as today. And I'd remake or I'd erase the 2003 TMNT. It's all right, but I could live without it. What if 2000 TMNT is better? I'd rather take my chances and find out. So this has to go because rules. See, and that's the thing is like I have not played the 2003 one. That is my favorite turtles cartoon. is 2003, but I bet you." It is just another standard run around, mash the buttons, beat them up. I get that. So, yeah, why if you've already played it, why not take a chance? I respect that, Max. For the record, I have played Ninja Turtle 2007. I think it kind of sucks. But I, I like the logic. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, Davey Milley. Said, play 2003. I haven't played it before, but I love the art style of the show, so it sounds like it translated to a great video game. I'd remake the NES version. Uh, I'd have it play the same as the original, but with the character sprites, but with the character sprites based on the 2012 TV show. The top view like Link's Awakening and the side-scrolling like current Mario side-scrollers. That is... That is a great description. And then Erased 2007. I haven't played it before, but it was my least favorite Turtles adaption minus that god-awful Rise of the TMNT. Rise isn't, for the record, Rise is not that bad. I get it. It's my least favorite too, but Rise is not that bad. But I, I agree. Uh, and Dunned wrote in and said, play TMNT, remake TMNT, and sadly erase TMNT. I would love to drop your ass with a double secret probation, but you fucking got me on a technicality, Dunned. Well done. Well done. What? Dunned. Well, done. Fuck me. That's brilliant. Uh, It's bad radio, but I'm actually agreeing with the 55% of you this week, including Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, worst name, who said, I'll play TMNT 2003. I don't know anything about it, but the cover art looks awesome. I'll remake TMNT for the NES. There's a foundation for a great game there. And with a little remake polish, it might become something special. And And I'll erase TMNT 2007 since it's got the ugliest cover art of them all. You fucking take that back. Well... It kind of does, but I like the cover art, but you're right. It kind of does. Damn it. Uh, same order for me. I'm going to play TMNT 2003 because it is my favorite Ninja Turtles TV series. And I don't think I've ever played the game. I would really like to actually, you can take that to the bank before. Remember the game is dead. I will pick this game up and play it. I would really like to try it out. Uh, I'm going to remake TMNT on the NES because it's fucking awesome. It's one of my. It's probably my favorite Turtles game, except Shredder's Revenge. And I think it would be awesome with a remake. And I'm going to race TMNT 2007 uh, because I've played it. I don't think it's worth playing. And I thought about remaking it. And I did think about making it in, a, in an Arkham Gotham Knight style. But the lack of Shredder kills it. I don't want to fight stupid Patrick Stewart and stupid statues. So I'm killing it too, unfortunately. Uh, Thank you everyone that wrote in to talk turtles with me this week. What have I been playing? And then we'll get into talking a little bit of Manhattan Project. I'm going to get into all that in just a minute after I drink some water. And we pause for a word from one of my sponsors. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone like that. All right, what have I been playing over the last week? Since I got back from my vacation, I've been gaming like a motherfucker. I've been playing Final Fantasy 16, still loving it. It's fucking awesome. I'm going to review it on Expansion Pass in the next couple of weeks once I'm done it. Uh, I've been playing Turok Dinosaur Hunter to get ready for next week's episode of Remember the Game. I wanted to play the 64 version. I bought the 64 version, and then I realized I don't have a memory pack, and it's one of those 64 games that won't save on the cartridge. God damn it. So I'm playing the the remake on Xbox. It's been awesome. I've been playing a little bit of Antstream Arcade on my Xbox. It's this collection of like 1,300 retro games. I've been playing Burger Time like a motherfucker. I love Burger Time. Uh, And then I'm still plugging away at Final Fantasy VI, the pixel remaster on my Steam deck whenever I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, And that's what I've been playing. Let's talk the manhattan project that's why you kids are here as always i like to give you nerds a chance to sound off before we hog the spotlight here on these parts and a lot of you wrote in singing the praises of this game as you should be because this game is awesome lotus said fantastic game even though i was disappointed it wasn't like the first one i enjoyed the arcade one too but i was really hoping for another more adventure based turtles game not saying what we got was shit because it wasn't god no it's great but to me little me was still disappointed i that's interesting Because adult me would have preferred it if the Manhattan Project was more like the original Ninja Turtles game, but Kid Me liked it because it was a better version of the arcade game. That's interesting. Interesting take. Michael Cates said, this game is awesome. I remember pressing the A and B button at the same time to do the special move for the first time and it blew my mind as a kid. Once I figured that out, I obviously used it excessively and only after dying a dozen times did I figure out it takes your health to use it. I did the exact same fucking thing. Michael, because I'm a Donatello guy and Donatello goes across the whole screen and he was awesome. And then I found out all I'm doing is slowly bleeding his life essence into the ground to make this fucking move work. So same here, Michael. We Us dumb kids got to stick together. Uh, <laughs> Newf on the Loose said, uh, one thing I have to say, that cover art is a banger. I love I love the cover art for all three of the NES Turtles games. I think they make three great posters. I will say I think Turtles 2 is my favorite cover art of the three NES ones where they're breaking through the wall on the skateboards, but I'm a big fan of the cover art for Turtles 3. Uh, Max Power said, I love this game. So much nostalgia and fun playing it. Playing a loner with a friend, this is easily my favorite beat-em-up. Turtles in Time may be better, but I have rose-colored glasses for this game. A top 10 of mine on the NES. I This is my favorite beat-em-up on the NES. I'll go that far. I don't know if I can put it ahead of Streets of Rage, but it is my favorite NES beat-em-up. By a, by a pretty big margin, too. I agree. And James Juan Francesco said, Just played it a few days ago. I often fire this classic up to turn my brain off. Smash some foot. I fucking love it. Yes. Uh, I was actually playing it the other day to get ready for this episode as well. It is such a great... It's not as mindless of button mashing as Turtles 2, but it's not like you need to be totally dialed in to play this one either. It's I... It's time, right? Let's talk Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. I love this game, and it's time for me to explain why. I'm going to cue up some music. And when it stops, we will get into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project, which originally released on the NES, near the heyday of the NES, in North America back in February of 1992. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Alright, this is, fuck me, Uh, this is take two of this review because I did not hit record the first time. You would think after 258 fucking episodes, I would know how to record a podcast. But nay nay, my friends, nay nay. I only got a couple minutes in, so it's not like I'm redoing the whole thing. Uh, Let's get into this thing, The Manhattan Project. I fucking love this game. I've been saying now for quite some time here on the show, that I am... The the list of games that I know well enough from my childhood to just ramble about without having to do any research or replay them or anything, that list is dwindling. And when I say dwindling, I mean it is... You know when you get to like the bottom of a can of coffee and you're kind of just scraping the bottom with the scoop trying to get enough together for one more pot? That's I think that's about where the list of games are. There's still tons of games that I've played, particularly from like the 360, PS3, you know, that era. But very few that I've played over and over and over again enough to sit here and talk about. Uh, so they kind of get sprinkled in hence why you're hearing more of these like I just played this for the first time episodes but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 the Manhattan Project is one of those exceptions where I did I played the fuck out of this game as a kid and I have been replaying it on the Cowabunga Collection partially to get ready for this review but even before even before I set out uh, to do this episode, I was I was playing. I, that's one of the I would say when I fire up the Cal Bunga collection, the two games I play the most are the original NES Turtles, the Electric Seaweed one that I know so many of you hate, but I love, and this one because I think they're two of the best Turtles games ever made. And and again, to go back to it, like I said in the intro, listen, I love Turtles 2, the arcade game as much as the next person. Uh, but I, I, prefer the Manhattan Project on, on both fronts. When you compare the, Manfa- the Manhattan Project to the NES port of the arcade game, uh, the Manhattan Project just looks better, runs better, plays better. It's just, in my opinion, it's just a better game. And when you compare the Manhattan Project to the actual arcade version of Turtles to the arcade game, it may not look quite as good, but that arcade version will fuck you up. It's designed to eat your quarters. Uh, whereas the Manhattan Project isn't. And I'm not saying the Manhattan... I've never beaten the Manhattan Project. It's fucking hard. And we'll get into that. But it's not cheap. Whereas the arcade version of Turtles 2, I think, is kind of cheap. And the NES version, well, good, is just slower and uglier than the Manhattan Project. So, I love this game. I I think it's... Uh, I mean, the best Turtles beat-em-up of all time is Shredder's Revenge, but I don't think it's fair to compare a game from 1992 to a game from 2022. So if you take Shredder's Revenge out of the equation, then I think it's it's Turtles in Time and it's the Manhattan Project are the two best Turtles beat-em-ups. At least I've ever played, anyway. And, like, Turtles in Time is a sexier game, and, it uh, you know, obviously it's got the, six, the Super Nintendo and the, the better soundtrack and stuff. But I... Here's a hot take. I don't know how many of you will agree with this. I actually think the Manhattan Project might have better core gameplay than Turtles in Time. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Because here's the thing. like Turtles in Time is a lot of fun. We've all played Turtles in Time. It's good times. You mash the buttons, you win. The Manhattan Project, like you can mash buttons. And as a kid, that's all I did. And I was never able to come close to beating it. As an adult now, when I sit down and play the Manhattan Project, I can get very close to the... I think I could beat it if I sat down and gave it like a solid week of just playing it over and over, I think I could beat it. But there's almost a little bit of strategy to this game. And we'll get into the controls and stuff. Like, There's a little bit of strategy to the Manhattan Project. And that's why in the intro I compared it a little bit to Streets of Rage. And listen, I'm not saying the Manhattan Project is on the level of Streets of Rage 2. That's still my favorite retro beat-em-up of all time. But one thing I really like about the Streets of Rage games is that you you can't, maybe on easy, but like, for the most part you can't just button mash your way through those games. You need to apply a little bit of strategy. You need to be throwing enemies into other enemies and knocking them back and keep track of how many times you've hit certain enemies and stuff like that. And you have to do the same thing with the Manhattan Project, albeit on a smaller scale, because outside of like bosses and stuff, most enemies have two hit points. And so every time you swing your weapon, you jump kick, uh, or you flip an enemy over your back and it hits another enemy, it does one hit. HP of damage, so then you're like, okay, there's four foot soldiers on the screen. I've hit that one and that one once Now I'm gonna take this one out. Those ones are each just one jump kick away from being taken out But then you can also do that flip move which does two HP damage And so like it's easy to go through the game just spamming that flip move Which again we'll get into but I think that gets a little bit old, but that's what I mean There's just a little bit of strategy and then you throw in the special moves for each turtle as well and it's 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 not just a close your eyes, mache, laugh out loud, blah, 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 blah beat everybody up. You, you need to be paying a little bit of attention. And I think that's one of the one of the many things I really appreciate about the Manhattan Project is it's not just brainless. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Like even as like, listen, again, going back to Turtles 2. Well, I love that game. If I try to play that game now as a 39 year old, like it's, it's fun, but it's fun like once. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I played through it one time, and I'm like, I, I really don't need to play this anymore. Whereas the Manhattan Project, I find myself like, all right, I'm going to take one more run at that. I'm going to take one more run at that. It's got, there's something, the secret sauce, the toppings on the pizza just hit differently. So I love this fucking game, and I'm I'm excited to finally give it its due and talk about it. So let's, fuck, I love the Ninja Turtles, man. I, I love talking Ninja Turtle. A uh, little bit of Remember the Game trivia before we get into the show. I actually, when we launched Purple Monkey Dishwasher, uh, our weekly Simpsons podcast available at slash remember the game. <laughs> uh, there was a time when we were actually kicking around a Turtles podcast instead, and I decided not to do it, and I and I think it was the right choice, like, I have an easier time talking Simpsons, but I just, I love the Ninja Turtles so much, you, I think you can hear the passion in these episodes from me, because it's not just I love video games, but I love the Ninja Turtles, and I love Ninja Turtles video games, when you, and then I love a Ninja Turtles video game that I played so, so much when I was a kid, so this is going to be fun, uh, when I was a kid, all we had was the original Ninja Turtles, the, NES, the electric seaweed one, so then every time we went to the store, this was one of the first games, I would always go to rent Super Mario Brothers 3. Until we got our own copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. That was always top billing on the rental list. If that one was gone, then I'd go looking for Ninja Turtles or Mega Man. And I remember the first time, like I don't remember the specific, but I remember bringing this one home, Manhattan Project. And I'd played Turtles 2, the arcade game, a thousand times. And I was just floored. And like how awesome it looked. And then when I realized the turtles all had special moves and then this game, this game has one thing that puts it over turtles too, in my opinion, more than anything else. You can switch turtles when you die. You can, every time you die, you can pick a different turtle. That alone, I never, once I played this game for the first time, I never rented Turtles 2 when Turtles 3 was available ever again because I just think this game did everything better and nothing made me happier than being able to switch my Turtles. I don't understand why that's not just an option in, in, in every fucking Turtles game or at least most of them. Once you die, like every time you die in this game, like say you're playing as Leo and you get KO'd, then there's like a little, the your little like health meter at the bottom And you can just push select, and it'll go like Donnie, Raph, Mikey. And if you're playing two-player, then obviously the turtle they're playing as is gone. But you can pick whichever other turtle you want, and then you hit start, you jump back into the game. You don't need to restart the game and just take your next life. It's like putting in one more credit, and you just jump back into the game as the next turtle. And that that right there, and I'll get into the graphics and everything else, but that right there, that you can switch turtles every time you die, puts this game over the top for me. It drives me fucking bananas. That you can't do that in every game. I don't understand why on earth they wouldn't think you'd want to do that. I always do that. Donnie's my favorite turtle. Everybody knows that. But I always work my way through the roster every time I play these games. Every fucking It's just so much more fun. Isn't it? Like, I love playing as Donatello, but why would I play as Donatello every life when once I get knocked out, I get switched to my second favorite turtle, which is Michelangelo. And then when he gets his ass kicked, I'm like, all right, it's time to bring out the heavies. Where's Rath? Where's Leo? The two muscles of the team. And then when they both die, then it's like, once again, it's back to Donnie to save the world. It's so much more fun. Ah, I love it. I love that you can swap the four turtles in this game. And every turtle has their own one special move. I, I don't know... If every turtle has their own stats. Uh, I'm sure some diehard out there does know that. If they do, I don't know. But I, I looked up the manual to this game right before I did this review, and it does mention each of the four turtles' special moves, which I knew about. It doesn't mention if one's got like better speed or better uh, defense or health or whatever. So I, I, I think they're pretty... There may be a slight difference, but I think they're pretty similar. Um, but that's another thing. Not only can you swap the turtles whenever you want, but you can... Uh, Each one's got their own special move, and it's the classic fighting game when you push A and B at the same time. And I... and mm, Now, I have not played Turtles 2, the arcade game, in a while. Was it Turtles 2 that you could push A and B, and you would do, like, a double swipe, where you'd, like, almost baseball swing your weapons, or, Donnie's case, your weapon, and it would do, like, a one-hit KO to an enemy? I feel like it was... Because I feel like most of the enemies in Turtles 2 were the same way where they had the 2 HP. It just didn't feel the same. Maybe it's because you couldn't do that flip move. I don't know. But I I think it had that. This one, it doesn't have that. Each turtle actually has their own special move. So the controls are super basic. Left, right, up, down moves. uh, A jumps, B attacks. If you jump and then attack, you do that awesome 45-degree jump kick, which is just the most critical move to learn in these classic turtle beat-em-ups. But then each of the four turtles also has their own special move. So if you tap A and B at the same time, Leonardo does like a tornado spin where he jumps in the air and holds his swords out and kills everything that he touches. Donatello does this awesome like front flip somersault thing where he basically just uh, goes into like his shell and spins in a circle and holds his bow out and goes across the screen and anyone that gets caught gets killed. Raph, for my money, Raph actually has... Well, no, Leo, I think Leo's got the best special move in this game because I really like that spin when you get surrounded, whereas Donnie, Raff and Mike all Mikey all kind of shoot across the screen. Um, but Raff has probably my second favorite. He just turns into like a straight up drill and he holds his size in front of him and just super quick. It just and he just spins across the screen and kills anyone he touches. And Mikey does this awesome Kind of weird backflip where if you're facing the left side of the screen, he turns around, puts his hands on the ground, and then almost pushes off and does like the rest of a backflip kick and kicks anybody that he comes near. And each, and like, really, in my opinion, Donnie and Raph's moves play almost identical. Mikey's plays pretty close. Leo's is a little bit different because he can take out anybody around him, whereas the other three kind of shoot forward. But all four of them have these special moves. And the only caveat to them is, as I'm sure you're used to, it costs you one HP from your health bar every time you use it. But once you're down to one health left and you're trying to hold on for dear life because you don't want to lose a life on this level because you know that once you beat this boss, you move on to the next level and get all your health back, you're mashing that fucking special move for everything it's worth. So just those two things. Just being able to switch turtles every time you die and each turtle having this one distinct special move. It might not sound like much in 2023, but that put this game over the top back in the early 90s. I thought that was fucking awesome. So I'm, I'm a big, big fan of that. And then I already mentioned it. The one other move that you have in this game that that, that turtles two doesn't have, that is a real game changer in turtles three is if you hold down and then push your attack button, instead of just doing a standard swing of your weapons, you jab your weapon forward and it like impales a foot soldier if they're there. And then you flip them over your head. And they they inst- it's a one hit kill doesn't matter if they have one or two hp left it will kill them instantly and if they hit any other enemies on their way back it takes one of their hp way as well so when it's it's like when you only have one or two enemies on the screen it can be more fun to just mash b and fucking hack away at them and stuff like that but when you're starting to get surrounded by three or four foot soldiers that flip move is a fucking lifesaver because say you've got two foot soldiers coming at you from the left two foot soldiers coming at you from the right you just go to the left do that down b thing you impale a Foot soldier, flip him over your back so that takes away both of his HP and kills him. And say it hits the two foot soldiers coming at you from the other side; it knocks them both back, takes one HP away from each of them. Then you can quickly two attack the other guy from the first side. Then turn around and those guys you have one attack left. You jump, kick, and you fight. It, I would say I'd like if I'm making it sound over complicated, it's just because I'm very passionate about it. But I that if you've played the Manhattan Project, you know what I'm saying. That fucking flip move is so it's such a big part of the reason this game is so good that one little flip move makes such a difference so that's basically your controls it's still at like at the end of the day listen it's still an nes beat-em-up but i will go out there right now and just say of all the nes beat-em-ups i've played battletoads ninja turtles river city ransom um i never really played double dragon actually i know some people are gonna be like what i know i, I just i didn't I don't know. I'm sure I've played other ones. Of all the NES beat-em-ups I've played, this one's probably my favorite, and a big part of it is that flip move, because it just gives you a little bit more variety and a little bit more, uh, even if it's not that strategic, it feels like it is. You know, if you've, again, if you've played it, you fucking, you know what I'm saying. Um, this, (laughs) this story in this game is my favorite. It's awesome. So when you first fire the game up, you, you, you get to pick one one player or else two player A or two player B. And it's the classic, I I don't know which one is which. I think two player A, uh, two human players can't hurt each other. Two player B, they can. So if you want to fight with whoever you're playing, then turn on two player B. And if you don't want to fight uh, whoever you're playing, then go two player A. I don't know if we ever did two player B as a kid because I'm a hundred. I'm not only I'm, I'm, I'm 110% sure that if we had tried the mode as kids where we could hurt each other by the third level, it would have been a fight. And my mom would have taken the Nintendo away from both of us. I have zero doubt in my fucking mind that that would have happened. So anyway, you, you get to do that and then you pick the turtle you want to play as, and I got it. This is a minor thing. I don't know if this is a big deal to anybody else. I always love the pick your turtle screen in turtles games. I don't know what it is. I love it in Turtles 2, where they're in the four blocks. I love it in this one, where they're in the four rectangles. I really love it in Turtles in Time because they look so big and bright and colorful. I don't know what it is about that. I've just, I've always enjoyed the pick your turtle screen. So you pick your turtle, and then it cuts to this like this cutscene where the turtles are enjoying a, a well-earned vacation or something, and they're all laying on the beach. And I've always enjoyed that that little cutscene. Is even as a little kid, that cutscene bothered me because I was like, "Where the fuck are the turtles?" That they're laying on the beach and there's nobody around, and they don't. I thought they always had to stay hidden. They're literally just like, one of them is laying on the beach, like sun tanning. One of them is out surfing. One of them is going into the water with an inner tube around their, around their waist. Like, it's just such an odd, odd fucking thing that these turtles are just laying on the beach, listening to the radio on vacation, but whatever, that's great. And then all of a sudden Manhattan Island just gets hoisted up into the air And Splinter and, or pardon me, Splinter, Splinter has stolen Manhattan Island. That's Shredder and Krang's plan this time. If they've just stolen Manhattan Island and you need to like go and, and get it back. And that's my other favorite thing is like the Island of Manhattan is like floating up in the air. It's been stolen and like nobody else is doing anything about it. It's just, it's just the rest of New York and the rest of the world is like, ah, the turtles will take care of it. And it's like, what? How do you know about the turtles? they like, didn't you just, we just saw them laying on the beach. We know they're, we know they're around. I just, there's such a stupid storyline, but I will say that like, listen, before anybody writes in and see, this is the problem with these solo episodes is I don't have anyone to kick ideas off of. And so it's just like listening. It's, I legitimately feel like you're sitting there listening to like a six-year-old kid trying to tell you the story. and You're just nodding like, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's how I, I feel like the six-year-old kid telling you about this game. But uh, I understand that there's a little bit of uh, silliness to pointing out the flaw in the story in a video game about four mutant turtles that are ninjas. I understand that. But it is stupid that this island is just floating up in the sky. Not that it matters. It's just an excuse to fight enemies. And I will say, to the developer's credit, uh, it actually adds to the game. Like, having that island floating up in the sky, you get to, like, play... Up there on the island, you can fall off the island, you're hanging off of it. It actually does add, like, it, it's, the level design in this game is spectacular, quite frankly. Like, it's not just, oh, you're in the, the streets, now you're in a different street, now you're in the sewer, but they all kind of feel the same. This one really does a good job of trying to differentiate from a few of the levels, and I'll, and I'll get into that a little bit more uh, as we get through the levels. But that's the basic story of the game, and then it just, uh, it sets off. You pick whichever one of the four turtles you want to play as for your first life because you can fucking switch turtles between every death, which is mwah. and then uh and then you set out and you start uh fighting enemies. So then in the first level you're on the beach, uh, which is the beach I assume that they were just taking their vacation on. And uh you just it's the standard like walk left to right, fight every foot soldier that comes in your way. And the foot soldiers come in pretty entertaining ways. Like some of them are just walking down the street and it's the classic thing where like uh, each foot soldier is their own color and each color has their own kind of weapon and stuff like that. But they come at you in some pretty entertaining ways, which has always been a trademark of these classic games. Like sometimes in the background on the beach level, there's like ice cream stands and the foot soldiers come out of the doors of the ice cream stands, stands and stuff like that, which is always pretty fun. Uh, they'll come like scurrying down palm trees. I love that this game really does put an emphasis on the multiple uh, levels, not like the, the, the multiple tiers, like you could be standing on the sand on the beach or you can jump up onto the dock and fight on the dock and jump back down onto the beach. Like that kind of stuff, just those little things like the 2D, like the two different levels, uh, just give it like a little bit more depth, quite like for lack of a better term, just like a little bit of, of depth, which uh, which I really, really like so then you, you, yeah, and like, and every level is basically the same. You go through, you fight a bunch of foot soldiers. Sometimes you fight mousers. Sometimes you fight rock soldiers, which I'm a big fan of, that kind of stuff. And then uh, eventually you fight a boss. And then once you beat the boss, you go to the next level and try la 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 la. Where was I here? Quickly, I'll go through a couple of the levels. You know what? Actually, how long have I been ranting here? Boy, the, I don't know if the solo levels are or these solo episodes probably aren't quite as good because I'm an idiot and I get sidetracked too fast. But I'm having the time of my life here. Uh, you know what? Let's pause. I could use a drink of water. So let's pause right now. We'll get a quick word from the sponsors. And then we'll get into the graphics, the bosses, some of the other level selection, the music. And uh, I think that's pretty well everything. Like, it's all good. There is nothing bad about this game. Uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. Let's quickly pause for a quick word from our sponsor, so I can have a drink of water. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly Okay, ah, I'm hydrated. All right, let's get into the level. So, I, like I said, I can't beat this game. When I was a kid, I could only get to about the fifth level, which is the sewers. Now, as an adult, I can get to the end of the game. Uh, I'm, like, right at the fucking end of the game, and then that's where I lose. So, if you're going through the levels, it's eight levels. Number one, you're on the beach. Uh, I love that level. I like the... I got to say, too, actually, you know what I should do before I get into the levels? is just, like, the, the graphics in this game are very good. It... it how would you describe them? It almost it. I know this is gonna sound like a stupid thing because it is the game between Turtles Two and Turtles in Time, but it really does look like a match between Turtles Two and Turtles in Time. It, uh, it like it looks like Turtles Two but on steroids, or it looks like Turtles in Time but on the NES. There's a lot more depth to some of the characters. There's a little bit more of like a 3D thing. Like there's a couple instances where it still has the fun things where like the turtles can fall off of an edge and be holding on to like a cliff. Before they fall, and you could jump back up before you fall, lose some HP and stuff like that. And if you walk off an edge and you're hanging off the cliff, if it's on the if it's on the back of you or if it's on the side of you, then you just look like a flat 2D sprite. But if you walk off like a 3D like a like a 45 degree angle, the camera really does look like you're hanging at 45 degrees. And again, or the the sprites do. And I, and I know that's a minor thing, but those are the things that and 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 you NES kids you know what I'm talking about this came out near the end of the NES and like when I think of the NES the first game I think of is like Super Mario Brothers which obviously great game basic as fuck the original Legend of Zelda great game basic as fuck i would argue the turtles The original Ninja Turtles, great game, basic as fuck. Near the end of the NES, man, Kirby's Adventure, Mega Man 6, Little Samson, Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. Some of these games are really taking the NES to its fucking limits. And there's a lot of slowdown. I remember that as a kid. This game fucking chugs at times, but it looks... Crisp, like it looks really, really good. And shout out to the Kawabunga collection if that's where you decide to play this, you can turn that slowdown off. I recommend it. Originally, I was leaving the slowdown on because I was like, "Ah, I'm a traditionalist and I want to experience the game the way it was made. But then, when you turn off that slowdown and you try playing it running smoothly, you're like, Oh no, this is. This is pretty tight. This is almost like a remake. So uh, I just wanted to say, like, the game looks great. And it's not just the four turtles. I think the levels all look really good. We're going to get into those now. They, they all look different from each other. I'm a big fan of the backgrounds in some of these levels. So, like, level one, you're on the beach, and basically you're either on the sand or you're on the dock. And it's a fine level. Uh, one of my favorite things is there's a, f- a few foot soldiers that throw sand in your eyes. And it does... I don't know if it even hurts you. I can't remember. But, like, the turtles will literally stop and, like, rub the sand out of their eyes. And while you're doing that, it gives the fucking foot soldiers a chance to sneak up on you and attack you. And st- I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and then I think the boss at the end of level one... And I'm trying to remember this because I don't have these written down. The boss at the end of level one is Rocksteady. If, why is Rocksteady, like, so often thrown to the wolves as, like, the first boss? Turtles 2, he's the first boss. Uh, Turtles 3, he's the first boss. I'm trying to think. Turtles in time. No, Baxter's the first boss in Turtles in time. But poor Rocksteady, man. Like, I like Rocksteady. So anyway, you fight Rocksteady. One thing about this game, too, is I've always... And you can argue with me about this if you want. I've always felt the boss fights in Turtles 2 are very... Kinda cheap. They're kinda just button mash, sneak in and sneak out. Whereas... This is the same, but every boss fight I've played in this game, I find that there's like a legitimate pattern. There's legitimate openings where you have a chance to do some damage, and you need to just. Like, as a kid, I could never get much further than the sewer in this game. And it, as an adult, that's usually if I'm going to have a game over and have to use a continue, it's on the sewer because Leatherhead fucks me up. But. He's the boss in the sewer, which is level five. But the more you play this game and the more you fight those bosses, I love... That's one of my favorite things about classic games is finding the patterns in a boss and being like, okay, when they make this move, they're about to do this. I can dodge this way and then wham, wham, wham. And this game is perfect for that. I don't think the boss fights are cheap in this game. Argue with me if you want. I I think the boss fights are better... Excuse me, better in this game then they are in turtles too so level one is the beach the dock the beach and then you fight Rocksteady. level i love level two because it starts out on the you end the beach you jump onto like your surfboards at the end of the beach and you take off into the water and it's one of those classic levels where you're on the the surfboards but so are all the foot soldiers which i, I always thought was very very cool and this is a two-part level which is dope the first part you're just on the surfboard going through the water and then eventually you see like a submarine in the background and then the turtles actually take off into the background and go to the submarine. Submarine. And then for the second half of the level, you're fighting along the top of a sub and all these guns are coming out of the sub and foot soldiers are coming out of the sub and you can fall off the front of the sub and do the thing where you're holding onto the side. You can jump back up. It's really, really smooth running. It looks awesome. And then uh, at the end of the end of the submarine, you fight Groundchuck, who admittedly I don't remember from the cartoon. I don't know where he came from. That one's new to me. I'm going to say I think he's the only enemy in this game him and Dirtbag. And I know you Die Hard Turtles fans are going to call me out. I don't remember either of them. Like, I, I know them from the video games, but I don't remember them from from some of these levels. But anyway, so you fight Chuck, who's just like that... I don't even know what the fuck he is. Like a mutated cow, I think. But what's cool about that fight is for the first half of the fight, you're like fighting him and dodging him. And then halfway through, he gets pissed off and he rips a steam pipe off the side of the sub. And then he's swinging at you like a baseball bat. Like, it's it's like a multi-stage boss fight. It's, it's really cool. Uh, and then you get to go to... Um, up onto the island, and you're on like Brooklyn Bridge, and it's you're walking across Brooklyn. I think you're on the island. I don't know. Is Brooklyn Bridge on the island? I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know. But anyway, you're on Brooklyn Bridge, and I love that level too, because again, there's like at certain points you're walking across Brooklyn bridge and there's holes in the bridge where you could fall back down and you'll grab onto them and you can jump back up. So at times you have like the full bridge width to walk across and at times it gets really narrow and you need to kind of pick your spots and fight your way through. I fucking love that level. I think it's one of the best looking levels in the game. The midway boss in that level is Slash who is one of my favorite villains in all of Ninja Turtles. So that's dope. And then you get to fight Bebop. And as a kid, Bebop gave me a lot of trouble because he's got like a little wrecking ball on top of his head and he spins his head around and then he swings his head down and the wrecking ball like comes at you and the problem is when he's spinning the wrecking ball above his head you can't jump kick him but if you get close to him then he whips the wrecking ball at you or he kicks you and then you can't hit him like that so as a kid he'd always fuck me up as an adult I realized he's super easy keep your distance and when he whips the ball at you you hit him with a drop kick turn around, hit him a couple of times with your weapon, get your distance. He'll whip his ball at you, jump up, drop kick, hit him a couple of times with your weapon. I've actually can beat Bebop without being touched now. He's he's quite simple. But that's a great level. Uh, then you're fighting like just through New York City. It's the classic city level where you get the foot soldiers jumping out of the sewers, whipping the sewer covers at you and stuff like that. And uh, it's fun for what it, like it's the same old. Um, and then after you reach the end of that level, then you go down to the subway. Like the levels in this game are very long. Then you go down into the subway. You fight your way through the subway, which is really fun. And then at the end of the subway, uh, that's when you get to fight uh, Dirtbag. And he's got like his giant pickaxe. And I actually find him uh, to be the most tedious boss in the game because um, he's running at you with this fucking pickaxe. And if you try to hit him... Well, he's ready to attack you. He will fuck you up. So I kind of feel like you just play defense till he finally tries to attack you with his with his pickaxe and then his pickaxe gets stuck in the concrete. He can't get it out. And that's your chance. It's like it's like the game's telling you like now's your shot, you know, and it's it's basically trying to get you to play defense. Uh level 5 is the sewer. And uh, I I like the sewer level because it's a classic thing where you can go down into the water and it's like knee high or you can fight up on the the main platform. There's a lot of mousers which are kind of a pain in the ass. But eventually you fight Leatherhead in this one. And the Leatherhead fight is interesting because you actually leave the main level and go to this extra area where you're standing on a platform surrounded by water on both sides. But the water is deep so if you fall off of that main platform into the water it costs you health and uh, like it's not one of the ones where you can just hold on to the ledge and jump back up like it'll cost you health and i find leatherhead to be very difficult i was playing it earlier to uh this week to get ready for this episode and i got to leatherhead without a game over and then i i died and got game over on and i had leatherhead to like flashing bright red and then that was where i di- like he was so fucking close and then that was where i died and then i had to continue and you go right back to the beginning of the sewer again it's kind of there's not the checkpoints are pretty vicious if you have to use a game over continue because you're fighting your way all the way through that fucking sewer again. But the leather, I find the leatherhead fight. If he sticks to one attack pattern, I find him very easy. And maybe there is a way to lure him into that attack pattern. And I just haven't fought him enough to figure it out. But if he gets out of that attack pattern, then he fucks you up. And he fucks you up. Like he can grab a hold of you and take a lot of fucking damage out of your ass. Uh, if you get past him, and I've only gotten past him a couple of times, then you do the classic like Technodrome, which is always a fun level. Uh, and then like, and I think that's where you fight Toka and Rezar. I, I, I think don't quote me on that. I think that's where you fight Toka and Rezar. And then, uh, then you're on this awesome level where you're on like a a platform. It's like an elevator with no walls and you go up and it fucking goes up forever. And you fight wave after wave after wave of enemy on this fucking tiny little platform. And you can throw them off to buy yourself time, but you can also walk off the edge and it's, it's difficult it's fucking really difficult. And then once you get up to the top of that, then you're on the roof of this building and, like, it's fucking rad. Like, you can see New York in the background and it's nighttime. Oh, yeah, and while you're going up the elevator, the sun's going down. Like, it's it's a fucking great game, man. Fuck me. I love this game. Uh, That's the furthest I think I've ever gotten is up. No, I've gotten to Krang before and Krang wrecked me. Uh, but then basically you're fighting shredder and krang up there because once you're done up on this on the roof then you get to go to krang ship and you're fighting shredder and krang and those last couple of fights in this game like i don't know them as well because i, I haven't been able to beat them they're very very difficult uh and that's and that's basically the game like it is it's your standard left to right button mashing beat them up but just the the additional moves the phenomenal graphics the the level variety the awesome appearances of all the boss fights uh, the special moves the being able to switch the turtles. Like I ask you gentle listener, after listening to me, talk about this game for the last, how long have I been talking about this game? About 35 minutes. Like, are you not like, have I not painted a great picture? Like, are you not interested in playing this now? Sure. There's not a lot of meat on the bone. It's an NES beat em up, but it's about the best NES beat em up of all time. It is a great fucking turtles game. It holds up today. It's it really is, It's so stupid as it sounds, it really is the NES version of Turtles in Time. Like, it's so, so, so fucking good. And I haven't even mentioned the music yet. You've already heard a couple of the songs in this game. The music in this game fucking slaps. It's so good. I use some of the music from this game regularly on expansion pass and stuff just because I think the soundtrack is so good. And sometimes when I play classic NES games, uh, I, I turn my TV off, you know, my music off, my TV off, whatever. Like, I turn the sound off, on whatever I'm playing and I just listen to like a podcast or whatever, you know, like I, I, cause let's call a spade a spade. Like I love the NES and I love some of the NES soundtracks, but they get old pretty quick. I really genuinely love the soundtrack in this game. Like I can't, I can't turn it off. I I need to have it on. It's so fucking, it's, ah, I, it's hard to discuss a soundtrack without just being like, yeah, it's very good because you got to really be able to hear it. I'm going to play another song from it in just a couple of minutes and you'll hear just how fucking good it is. Um, I know this is one of the shorter episodes, but I really feel like we've touched. I feel like I've done everything. The different enemies, the the different moves, the swapping of turtles, the boss fights, the levels, the level designs, the graphics, the music, the stupid story. It's difficult. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, I think I've I literally think I've touched on everything this fucking game uh, has to offer. I, I really do. It's it's worth playing. I I genuinely, listen, I think all 3 of the NES Turtles games are worth playing and I've said it countless times, if you've not picked it up yet, the Bunga collection if you're a Retro Turtles fan is is so worth your money, it's not even funny. Like it is it is such a sick fucking deal. Uh especially when it goes on sale regularly. Uh, There's an episode of Expansion Pass in our Patreon archives where I rank every game from the Cowabunga collection, and I don't remember specifically where I put Turtles 3, but I know it's right near the top because it is just so, so fucking good. It's such a rock-solid beat-em-up. I can never get tired of it. I actually think, like, talking about it has me excited to play it again. Like, I think I might I might do one more run of it this afternoon. I'd like to do a Adam Sucks at Video Games of it and put it up on YouTube, but I need to get good enough to fucking beat it first. And I'm not quite there, but I will be soon, I think. If I practice enough, I will be. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think we've touched on just about everything. Play it. If you haven't played it, fucking play it. Play all three of them. If I have to rank the... If I'm ranking the three NES Turtles games, this is probably the best one, but... I think I still like the original NES Turtles better just because I think there's a a lot more creativity in it with the different level designs and the maps and the underwater level and stuff. But that one is so fucking difficult. This one's not quite as difficult and it's just, it improves on Turtles 2 in every way. So, and you know what the thing about the Manhattan project is, is, is I was getting ready to wrap this up with like, I genuinely think a lot of people missed it because it did come out late in the NES life, NES's lifespan and a lot of people were playing Turtles 2, the arcade game, so much. And and then a lot of people went to Turtles 4. I, I always hear people talk about Turtles 2, the arcade game. And I always hear people talk about Turtles in Time. Not a lot of people talk about the Manhattan Project. Which is just insane to me because it's such a great fucking video game. Uh, it's one of those hidden gems that came out near the end of the NES. And I'm I, I'm I'm begging you. If you haven't played it, give it a chance. Check it out on the Bunga Collection. Give it a shot. It is fucking awesome. Uh, how am I going to score this fucking thing? I mean, there's eight slices of pizza. I could do it that way. Like, there's eight slices of pizza in a, in a, in a, in my opinion. There's eight levels. Eight, yeah, we're going out of eight. If I, honestly, if I'm scoring this game out of eight, it's getting, like, a seven. There's nothing wrong with it. The only, to me, the only criticism... You could throw at Turtles in uh or the Manhattan Project. The only real criticisms you could throw at it are one, it's just a basic beat em up, which by nineteen ninety-two standards it was not. Or you could maybe argue it's it's pretty hard. But I don't you can't if you're gonna criticize NES games that are hard, then you clearly just don't enjoy the NES because fucking everything on the NES is hard. So uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven out of eight. There there really is no major fault in Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. it is Everyone needs to play it, especially if you're a Turtles fan. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm... This is where I like to have a guest to bounce shit off of, but I think that's good. Well, I'm going to sign this thing off and uh, thanks some patrons to get out of here so I can go see Ninja Turtles Manhattan or Mutant Mayhem, the new movie, which I'm going to see. By the time you're hearing this, I've already seen it. By the time I'm recording it, I'm going to see it in 10 hours. and Fuck, I can't wait. Okay, I'm going to queue up some more of the awesome music from this game. There it is. And when we come back, I'll do my outro, say thank you, thank some patrons, and get the fuck out of Dodge. Thanks for listening. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Me. Thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, and to every single one of you shellheads right now listening to this, whether this was your first Remember the Game, maybe you're 259th. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. I very much appreciate it. Uh, If this was your first episode in like 99% of our episodes, I have a guest. Uh, truth be told the the plan this week was to cover Turok dinosaur hunter, but I just didn't have enough time to finish it. And then I thought like, well, so I'm going to sneak in a game that I already know how to review or that I already know. Well enough to just review this week while I buy myself time to finish Turok. Plus, I figured with the ma- uh, with with Mutant Mayhem coming out this week, it just made sense to drop a Ninja Turtles review. So, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy Mutant Mayhem. If you go to see it, I can't fucking wait. And I hope you come back for next week's episode because my buddy Tyler and I are going to be talking Turok Dinosaur Hunter, which I'm currently playing through over on Twitch. Uh, so, if you want to come by and see me over there, twitch.tv slash Game, Because I'm over there semi-regularly a few days a week i don't beg you for subs or anything you can just throw me a follow it's free it'll tell you what i'm on we'll be friends it's good times there's also tons of playthroughs over at youtube.com slash remember the game and you can find that in all of my socials at our main website the hub for everything i do which is remember the we have a p.o box you can find that address there all kinds of good shit go check it out and uh easily the two most important plugs i need to do at the end of every episode number one if you didn't hate this please leave us a nice review I have no idea what they accomplish, but if everybody else is asking for them, I'm going to as well. And you guys leave some really nice reviews and they make me feel very good about myself. So maybe leave us a good review if you liked it. And uh, number two, maybe support us on Patreon if you're interested. And before you're like, oh, fuck off, Adam, with your sales pitch. I was doing the math today. We have done over 720 podcasts in just over five years. And of those 720-some podcasts, 259 are episodes of Remember the Game. All the rest of them are available at Patreon. We just upped our starting price to $3 a month, but $3 a month gets you two extra shows a week, expansion pass and game patch, ad-free, plus instant access to hundreds of archived episodes. Download them right onto your phone. You can join our Discord. You can write into the show, all that good stuff. And for $5 a month, you get a new show Monday through Friday. Monday, you get Purple Monkey Dishwasher, our Simpsons podcast with me and Mark McHugh. Tuesday, you get The Rambling Idiot, my rambling show where I talk about comedy, sports, movies, TV shows, whatever I want. Wednesday, you get Remember the Game here on your free feeds. Thursday, you get Expansion Pass, and Friday, you get Game Patch. Also, you get discounts on our merch. You get to help pick the games we cover. So much more. You help keep the bills on around here, as I like to say. Uh, Listen, I don't support a lot of shows on Patreon either, so I don't blame you if you don't. But uh, if you like the tone of my voice and you like, I I legitimately am proud, not only of the quality of the shows we offer, but the number, like you, you are getting a lot of bang for your dollar. Assuming you like my unique version of video game reviews where I just swear a lot and don't really say anything of substance. So patreon.com slash remember the game. If you want to check that out. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all my plugs. Like I said, next week, Turok Dinosaur Hunter uh tomorrow for all of our patreons i'm going to be going back through all of our two plus years of patreon polls and letting you know what game i was secretly cheering for some of the games i want to get to and stuff like that friday it'll be game patch episode 150 where we'll talk about all the news and video games and then next week monday through friday a whole nother slab of podcast i'm going to thank some patrons and leave thank you for listening i appreciate you and i'll talk to you on the next one cheers so long goodbye Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content. I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank them as quickly as possible. So in alphabetical order based on your email addresses, a huge thank you to. AB Killing Just a Fish, Adam Martinet, a dude named Adam, Westgen, A Town, Alex R, Itchy Nutsuru, Andre, Andy Hudson, Dave Thompson, Andrew Wright, Benjamin Atkins, It's the Bigfoot, Zamatos, Brandon Dezeba, It's OG, Hagel Waffle, Dan of DNA Gaming, Biddy, Captain N, Nerdy Hybrid, Bobby Litton, General Fury, Elijah Burns, Brian Weber, Bula, Cody Thompson, Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed Mario Galaxy. Trevor Leahy, Chris Flurry, Chris Dickon, Triple, Makeshift, Malomagic, Magic, Money, Christian Gabriel, Christopher Britt, Adam Blanks, Evil Twin, Drugs Ben, okay. James Clark, Scissor Fist, Cody Richardson, Colin Bollinger, The Fletchman, Neil Cooper, Jurist Dr. Mario, Robbie Air, Cesar, Fallen Snow, Kiku, Daniel, Chris Williams, Dave McGee, Dakota Guy, Digital Dave, Decoy Man, the Supreme, Chose Rizzo. That is so hard for me to say for some fucking reason. Doug Dorn, Chevy Boy92, 11, Dem Boys on the Roof, Current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, Joe the Sandman. Dr. Nightmare 23, Franklin Badge Ballsack, Teabagger, Eric James E-Man Trucker, Raging Irish, Big The Cat Shorzy, Super Dad Bros Podcast Fraser Burns, Graham Kennedy, G9 PSX, Maverick Marty, Jameer Williams, Lucas Valadez, Faded Sufferance Holmes, Liquor Like Luigi Phil Lencher, Philip Ramsey, Isaias Evolva, James Juan Francesco, Radioactive Man, John Pram, Sharonic, Max Lagroom, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Can't Destroy Her, Jake Carter, Nothing Could Possibly Go Wrong The Big Deal, Jake Callahan, John John M. Watkins, Joe LeBlanc, Beaver Boy, Johnny Zuba, eighty-one, Zubu, eighty-one. Apologies. Laces out. Dan, Johnny from Virginia, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Chugger, twenty-two, Jordan, Jeff Bergeron, Robinson, Dick Whittles, No one cares. Fill up my mouth with farts. Sleeper hit. Devilish Saint. The Keeks. Kevin Monroe. Ryan Kinchen. Postman. Chris Lovin. Kayatch. Aaron Lawson. Gabe Buckdue. Ah, My Foot, Mark Sneed, Leroy Westrich, Angry Ticks, Matt Hamilton, Just Car Pranks, Beef Dingleberry, Mellow Yellow 8787, Bulma Simp, Zonko 504, Morgan, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Nicole Aldana, Esteban Navarro, Naf E, Nathan Tremblay, Brian Neese, Cam Nelly 23, Nick Creature, Nicola, Musty Beetle, B Money, Elephant Cavs, Donnie the Dude, Walter, Frosty Bear, Denzalo, Ryan Perry, Preston, Dylan, Tourette, Plow King. Alex Ramos Sean Ramos Randy Barrage Big Daddy Randall Titan 420 Brian Richmond Slick Rick Knife Goes In Guts Come Out Blobby Rogers Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row Ray San Juan Tonga Ruben Elizald, Squeaknut, Sabin, Mercury 869 Max Sandin Sam Carpenter Storm Beagle Flinny123 Is Sarah Flynn Blaine the Hoagie Man Scott Brooks Steve Dalk Timmy the Exuberant Turtle DBXJ Shoeboxers Jimothy AJ Mukherjee Solomon Soto Sour Goat Face C-Spin Robbie DLC Squints atrio Worm. Wood, Joe Stone, Ted Explosion, Thomas Childs, Frosty Feet 492, Scary Terry, that one kid Josh, Mike Maloney, Glue Scappen, Thomas Smith, Thomas, or Timothy Sabrinsky, Doogie, Tom Hulahan, Fuzzy99, Quiet Place Queen, Hired Goons, who Because 19, Tyler Bauer. I'm doing so good. Don't let me fuck this up now. Wolf Magic 21. Lord Longrod, Bon Hugendom, the second Ryan, Wickcomb, John Woodruff, Super Nintendo, Chalmers. Wolfgang, Darren, buy me both. Antonio, Echeverria, Darth Skywalter, Kia Pup, Mizuru, Joe Buck, Tunable Power, Zane Donovan, guy who does things, Zach Shepard, and Matt. Fucking Zeus! That was a pretty good round of shout outs. I'm tired. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers. So long. Cowabunga. That's it. Cowabunga. <laughs>